Welcome to the Nativity Podcast, where we give listeners a behind-the-scenes look into the life of our active Catholic parish here in Burke, Virginia. How can we help you grow in your own faith? Listen to find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week three. I really did sound like that sound like the podcast. Hello, so we're everybody. To... <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nativity Podcast. That isn't the podcast. All right, we're going to fix that. Okay. <laughs> That's why I added it. <laughs> I thought that was not wow. happening. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to week three of our Advent Reflection Series. We are traveling and preparing for Christmas uh, by talking about different kind of parts of the Advent season, things that help us pray, kind of some strategies and all those kinds of things, mm-hmm. and really just kind of focusing on the amazing meditations that the gospel gives us as we get ready for Christmas at mm-hmm. Nativity, which I know Christmas is every day at Nativity, but in a special way, we're getting ready by spending every week uh, over the next four weeks getting ready for Christmas and getting ready to welcome Christ in our hearts. Yeah, that's right. I love what you said right there about traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, how you slid that's that good. in. I slid it in. <laughs> traveling is key, right? Because we're journeying, in many ways, we're journeying to Bethlehem and we're mm-hmm. kind of going to Bethlehem, but we're also kind of journeying through uh, our prayer life and everything. I am Father Ed Bresnahan, parochial vicar here at Nativity. I am your director of social media, Mary Castellano, and we are joined this week and during our Advent series by... Allison Fram, director of college, young adult, and young family ministries. She has the most titles of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baptism coordinator. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, got a few. Exciting. Uh, friends, for those of you who don't know, we have a wonderful staff. I, I think this, let me let me sort of step back for just a moment. At Nativity, we have a huge amount of ministries. We have a huge number of things that our parish does. We have a very active parish, and our people are incredible, and they do so many things. And in order to kind of keep everything straight, in order to keep everything at least organized and make sure that people have advocates from their groups and ministries to the church proper, you know, it's always helpful to have a wonderful staff. And we have an incredible staff. And in our staff, our people have a number of different roles. And Allison is definitely one of those people who is just so well connected to the community that like you have extra titles, not because like it's like some royal, like, you know, it's a, you know, you are the sure. Margrave. <laughs> Dame Allison Fram. Margrave of such and such. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. Marquis de such and such. You know, I'm no, going to add that on after You this. should. Absolutely. But it does reflect the fact that you are really wonderful at actually connecting with so many different members of our parish. So while we Thank joke, you, friends, Father. oh, you're welcome. While we joke a little bit about having a lot of titles, it's a really it's a it's a good thing to know that like you know the ministries really trust Allison to do a lot of the uh, amazing work that helps them f- be fruit uh, fruit fruitful. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. trying to say fruition and fruitful at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, so no, it almost came as like fluition. Advocate. That's a that's a good word. Yeah, like advocate. That. We're all advocates yeah. for you, for our for our wonderful for listeners. Our wonderful listeners. And uh, I think one of the other things that we have here that I know I'm really appreciative of is our sense of joy, like our mm-hmm. genuine, just really like authentic joy that I've noticed in the parishioners here. I'm kind of an honorary parishioner for people who don't know. I know I've said this on the Nativity podcast before, but I'm the random outsider. I'm from Maryland, so but you're part of the family now. Yeah. So I'm a part of the family. We're but trying I, um... to get her to come to Virginia, <laughs> where she can come for all of our holidays. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, no, we do have like a genuine, like Nativity does have a really genuine kind of sense of joy and welcome, which is one of the things that I love. And I love telling.
telling people about like where I work. So I think that leads us beautifully into Gaudete Sunday. Exactly. And it's it's such a good thing. So here we are, third week of Advent, and this is the one where the priest wears rose. Um, I'm not going to make the joke. I know that you're not. Everybody always tries. It's almost like it's like a dad joke that has to be said. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to let, let it sit. I'm going to let it sit there and I'm going to let it ride where all the people who come to the family dinner know that say that the story that dad's probably going to tell, you know, so you mm-hmm. all know it. If you know the joke, you know the joke, mm-hmm. but we're just going to leave know. it be if you know, you know, but otherwise <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, cloud. <laughs> the joy of our experience here talking about the third Sunday, which is a really corny, really corny dad joke. If you really want it, come email us or talk to us. I was and say, I'll if tell you're you confused, later. it has to do with the color that they wear. Yeah. But you notice that something's different, right? We're halfway through the Advent season. We've done two weeks already. We're kicking off the third week. So we're halfway through and it's a penitential season and we wear darker colors, right? We wear the, the, the purple, we wear the violet, right? And it's a little bit more penitential, a little bit, maybe not quite so much as Lent, but it's still in the same vibe. Mm-hmm. And so it's not one of those things where we're worried that people are going to run out of steam, but it's important to stay focused that even though it's penitential and even though we're definitely focused on the idea of the the coming of Christ at the end of time, the reality of judgment, we're also looking forward to a very particular joy-filled holiday. Mm-hmm. The fact that the light of the world is about to join and is about to be, become among us and live with us. Mm-hmm. So the priest wears a brighter color. We celebrate rejoicing and we actually talk about joy, which is an amazing mm-hmm. thing. Ladies, what does joy mean to you? Oh, that's a great wow, question, question. Well, when you were talking, I was thinking about the Advent wreath. I grew up with the Advent wreath, and I always got excited for the pink Sunday. I hoped mm. to be the one to be able to light the candles for that. But I think, especially growing as an adult, joy, I think this is something that is probably commonly talked about, but it, it's not just happiness. I think a lot of people just assume, oh, in order to celebrate Christmas, in order to get into Advent, you know, oh, those lucky people just feel happy all the time. But if I don't feel that way, Mm. then I'm missing out or I'm not able to celebrate joy. So I was just thinking about, for me, being able to really bring that into prayer, that if my emotions are not happy, if things are challenging, that doesn't mean that I can't enter into this week when we focus on joy. Yeah, Mm. that's kind of my base. That's such a powerful idea, too, because I feel like it's a rising trend in our world where people are... Um, almost trying to temper your joy and tell you not to be as happy and not to be as joyful in the season because it's insensitive to people for whom Christmas Mm -hmm. is very difficult, right? And so people will say like, okay, the Christmas season is very difficult for some of us. It's not easy. We're dealing with loss. We're dealing with tragedy. We don't have the joy and the goodness of families to come through. But Mm -hmm. I think the way that you talked about it makes a lot more sense. And it says this, it says, no matter what's going on on the outside, we still have something joyful to celebrate independent of whether all of our family is there or whether we have all of the people that you know we would hope to be around our christmas table or maybe there is drama in the family or difficulty or heartache or Mm. you know a breakup or something like that Yeah, yeah for sure there are difficulties in the world but those difficulties don't have to temper the joy that 
Christmas reminds us of. Yeah. And I was reminded of a specific prayer experience where I had a, a year, a couple years ago, my dad was very sick and he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving, I was driving myself to Georgetown Hospital and the Christmas music was playing. It was a couple weeks before Christmas and just feeling so angry. Yeah. How could everyone else be so happy? Mm-hmm. You know, this Christmas music, I'm now going to associate with this horrible thing and seeing Christmas trees and being so angry about that. And then going back, and at the time, I mentioned this in a previous one of our uh, episodes, but just journaling has been important for me. And journaling about, like, I, you know, how could Christmas be so happy for everybody else and it's not for me? And really just coming to that feeling of, you know what, I still have God. I can still celebrate the fact that Jesus came to the earth. He knows what suffering is, so I can still enter into the Christmas season. And just because Christmas is hard this particular year doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. God does redeem that for us and you can still have joy even in harder experiences. So that's just for me, I that was a personal growth moment when I realized that difference between just happy and joy and mm-hmm. I'm sure other people have similar experiences. Yeah, yeah. What what that kind of reminds me of is um I think in like I don't know if it was episode one or two, we definitely talked about um like waiting and how a couple years back we had asked our young adults to to write down or share a time where there was waiting and I think when we were doing that series I had shared about um, my experience waiting to get a job after I graduated college. And kind of toward the end of my sharing, I mentioned to people that, you know, once I got my job, my first job out of college was this, what uh, here working at Nativity. Um, I had a very different role back then. I was working more as Allison's assistant and assistant to our director of youth ministry at the time. And it was a really good job, a very joyful job, very joyful work. But I'm sure there are a lot of you out there who can relate to that transition going from college student to your first time working as an adult. It can also be very challenging. Mm -hmm. And, you know, work-life balance, dealing with a commute, like just because something is challenging doesn't mean it's not good. Mm -hmm. And there can be underlying joy, even though there might be struggles kind of on the top. You all can't see. I'm like, I'm motioning with my hands. She's doing hand motions to go along with this. (laughs) Imagine like layers of a cake, you know, it's like you got like the the base is, you know, joy. And then on top, you might have some struggle or some challenge. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, once you kind of dig a little bit deeper, you get past, you know, that first layer, Mm -hmm. there, there can be an under underlying layer of joy there's a um there's a wonderful book um that c.s lewis wrote um on um it was his reflections it's a very small book but it was his reflections on the death of his wife and mm-hmm. it's called the book is called a grief observed and yeah. in one of them he talks about the uh, and part of the reflection is he tries to talk about where the goodness of god exists in that difficult moment and he says that part of it is like it has the same it has the same feeling uh, of like going to the dentist mm-hmm. which and he, and he wow. says it in such a brilliantly british way and it's so funny because it's like the, obviously nobody wakes up in the morning saying yes i'm so excited about going to the dentist mm-hmm. today right and getting your teeth pulled it's not a fun thing mm-hmm. but in the middle of it you realize that there is a goodness to it and there's a better in the long run sense mm-hmm. and i think that idea of being able to see what's good in the long run allow and, and allows us to kind of hand even the difficult things because we're looking forward to something more substantial. I think that's got to be at the root of this joy and happiness thing, right? Is that happiness, I don't want to like make a a, a distinction that says that joy is one thing and happiness is another. Mm -hmm. They are different, but I think 
I think joy is something that's more rooted internally and a fruit of the Holy Spirit, whereas happiness can go either way, mm-hmm. right? We can root our happiness in something that's authentic, in which case our, our joy does bring a happiness in the Lord, right? But then also we can put that happiness and put that search for happiness in something that doesn't actually satisfy us, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus even says, why work for something that doesn't satisfy yeah. Right. And and so regularly, the Lord is talking to us about this idea of looking forward to what God wants to give us in joy, as opposed to whatever temporary good we have or whatever temporary experience we have. And so that idea of looking forward to it. That's where that authentic happiness is going to come, right? Mm -hmm. A happiness that's rooted in the very core of our being and a happiness that's rooted in the joy that the Lord gives us in, in our, um, in through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, that reminds me, Father, of the, we talked about the, the gospel readings. We're reflecting on those, but actually the first reading from this Sunday of Advent, um, from Isaiah and the first couple lines, I think are just such a beautiful image. It says the desert and parched land will exalt the steeple is it steep will rejoice and bloom the step will rejoice and bloom (laughs) they will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song and the whole desert and parched land to bloom with abundant flowers i think that's just such a beautiful image of our spiritual life and for for me you know towards the end of the calendar year i am typically like okay i am dry land like i'm tired (laughs) i'm ready for a new year (laughs) i'm ready to set new goals you know people get into new year's resolutions and things but i think also to realize that god works through that dry land and maybe if you as a listener are looking for like a prayer practice kind of just think about that what feels dry and parched in your life that's Kind of having those images are something that help me in my personal prayer, you know, thinking like, God, what is, you know, if I have a garden, if my heart or my soul is a garden, this is the area that feels incredibly dry and it kind of is scary to let you go there because I feel mm. like it's going to hurt. But if you're promising me joy and abundant blooms from that verse, you know, what, how are you maybe working in that? And I can find joy in that experience. That's beautiful. I love how you mentioned that. You're like, you have some areas of your heart where you don't want, you don't want the Lord to see, you don't want to let him go. Mm -hmm. If you imagine like a house and there's one closet that's particularly messy or you shove all your dirty laundry laundry under your bed or something, you're like, no, no, I don't, I don't want my guests to see this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, our hearts can kind of be like that too. I very recently had a moment like this. I won't go into the whole story, but it was funny because again, as Allison and I've shared, we both love journaling. Mm-hmm. And I remember journaling about it and being, <laughs> being like, like, Lord, I wasn't going to let you into this particular yeah. part. But you're all knowing. You already know about it. So I might as well just bring it up to you. In that moment of just that like kind of self-awareness, bringing it fully to him, it felt really freeing. But it also felt kind of like um, I felt very much like a child mm-hmm. bringing something up to a parent kind of like like a little kid who thinks they're getting away with something the parent is like staring at the kid doing whatever they're not they supposed know. to do yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah i love how you bring that up it's like what kind of areas of our kind of own spiritual garden need more attention maybe mm-hmm. from the lord i don't know i don't know exactly where you were planning on kind of going with that but mm-hmm. well yeah. one of the things that I, th- I i just love about the image of the desert is that um i mean i feel like i read this in a biology textbook once but it was like um 
plants and uh, plants and animals adapt to the environment that they're in. And so plants that are used to not having water, right? They learn how to store it. Whenever you see cactuses and things mm-hmm. like cacti, whenever you see those things, you know, they, 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 they're, they're particularly suited to being in dry and they survive and thrive. They dry up, they shrivel up, they just kind of do their thing. But they also learn how to take advantage very rapidly for whatever water is given. Mm-hmm. And so when you see like the when, it, when when you read the stories here of the desert blooming, it's a fascinating thing to watch because one rainstorm or one moment when the water comes down out of the mountains to water the 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 area, the desert area, all those plants suddenly go into almost a hyperactive mm. mode. They're like, okay, we got water. Let's go, 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 right? And so everything, birds, plants, animals, all of the different things, they just like leap into action at the moment that there's water because they might not know when the next <laughs> next one is coming. And yeah. so unlike when you kind of, I mean, we kind of, you know, we live here in, in a very in an area that's very forested and it has a very natural cycle and there's some trees that are just green all along Mm. certain flowers that just kind of regularly bloom and so we don't really kind of have a sense of you know there's not really like a a fervor to it (laughs) right Mm -hmm. but over there it's just blooms with intensity you go from nothing to everything so quickly and it's amazing because i love how that speaks to what god does in our hearts Mm -hmm. those dry places of our hearts it's just important to be able to say like okay but god is going to work with whatever we give him so if you give him even just a fraction of that desert if you give him just a little bit then god's going to work in that desert right Mm -hmm. god's going to make that desert bloom even with just a little bit of water yeah and and the concept that i think this came up in past conversations but god has more than enough he he can abundantly water if we're going with the image yeah. those dry places and yeah, maybe like, especially like tied down right i we, think we can't limit him yeah mm-hmm. especially around maybe the christmas season there's some of that comparison comes in oh this person over here is always lucky they always get what they want you know they have no problems in life but to again in prayer just be honest and maybe i know we mentioned journaling if that's not your thing like vocal conversation prayer just talking aloud to god when you're driving in your car or um if you hear you know listening listening to music can be a great way even just like put on a song but anyway just to be honest with god about that and say i feel like i'm not receiving what other people are receiving and just be honest with him it's also good it's also good not to swing the pendulum the other way because sometimes during the christmas season we can say to ourselves i don't need to pray for myself because i'm Mm -hmm. worried that other people have it worse Mm -hmm. as if god somehow is like tied uh tied down and has to do some triage to say well i can't help you you're only a medium level need i've got people in other parts of the world that really need prayers right now Mm -hmm. so i I don't have time for you that's not really how god operates he's got enough for everybody he's got enough for everybody Mm -hmm. so we can compare ourselves and say you know i can't believe that god doesn't answer my prayers and then we also don't want to avoid we also don't want to be sort of stuck in that spot where we think that you know god doesn't have time for me either Mm -hmm. of course god has time for you One thing I think, too, going right along with what you said about journaling, vocal prayer, all those different things, especially if there's a moment when you're in a dry state, all the more reason to make sure that you stick to it like a discipline, mm-hmm. right? It's Definitely. I, I think I think the two times when people sort of fall off the rails with prayer is when things are good and they forget. So they're like, hey, things are good. I don't need to ask God for anything, so I forget. Yeah. 
or when things are bad and they're just like, well, God's not really answering anyway. So, or I don't feel like I'm getting much out of my prayer, mm-hmm. right? It feels like a mm-hmm. desert in that sense. And in both of those situations, all the more reason to dive into consistency in Right, prayer. consistency. So. That's, that's definitely been, the, I don't know about you, Mary, but that's definitely been the case for me. I struggle with wanting to just, well, this isn't working. So let's just take a break and come back to maybe praying later. But you had to actually work through that. And then to, of course, the sacraments as Catholics, those are beautiful opportunities to be with the Lord coming to church. That's one of my favorite things is just to come when the church is quiet during the week and to sit, you know, the Lord is still present in the Eucharist. That's beautiful. And I think we can underestimate the power of just a walk outside. Mm -hmm. Your body is moving. So your mind is also able to, for me at least, kind of sift through things in a different way. And once you kind of work through some of that stuff, then maybe you can experience more of that, the joy and and be reminded the struggles are there, but also here's all the things I totally forgot to be grateful for. Here's all the things that, you know, Mm. God is helping me through. I see growth here. And I don't know about you guys with your friends, but sometimes I just want to just be with my friends. Absolutely. I don't have to say anything or do anything. I don't have to expect some magical like experience every time I'm hanging out with my friends. Sometimes it's just kind of being there and just spending the time with a friend. And it's it's perfect. It's exactly what it needed to be. Mm. So if your prayer is dry and you feel like you're not getting anything out of it, well, maybe it's just this is the kind of time when you just need a friend to just 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 to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I wonder if this might also be a good point. time to like try something new. Just like if if you are kind of in that place, that dry space, you're like, I just don't really know like how to get out. Maybe just like pick one thing. Um, I, it just comes to mind. Allison was saying kind of about how she you know going to mass, and um, and I know Allison, you like to go to daily mass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've recently started trying to trying to figure out how to fit daily mass back into my schedule because for me that that's kind of the thing is like sometimes I would get kind of off the prayer wagon if my schedule kind of changes or especially if I'm not feeling well. Mm-hmm. That's like that's the kicker for me. If yeah. I get a cold one week and I kind of like I fall asleep early or if I'm just like headspace like my i'm foggy or whatever and i kind of slowly get out of the habit of praying regularly for me that's where kind of the devil comes in but one of the ways that i can kind of combat that is what i've worked right now into my weekly schedule is i work two days from home and i'm really fortunate i live within walking distance of my home parish mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, me. <laughs> um, me too i live in walking distance of my parish <laughs> I work in walking distance from my parish. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've made it a habit to attend my home parish daily mass. And I've really, I've found so much fruit in that. I, I actually really like sitting by myself, kind of toward the back where I can see everybody. And it's so interesting. I, I'm in kind of a, a special circumstance where I work at a church that I don't consider my home parish, mm-hmm. whereas like you, Allison, you grew up here at Nativity, mm-hmm. but I have found I'm I feel so much more connected to the community of my home parish, even by just seeing the backs of their heads mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just like participating with them. It was something Deacon Kelly actually said in one of I think it was season two of of our podcast. He was saying that every once in a while. It's really important for him, even as a deacon, to participate as a member of the congregation, mm-hmm. be- just to feel and and be a part of the community of the family and participate in the sacrament in that way. So anyway, all that to be said is I yeah. have actively, that is kind of, I focused on that one thing, which was incorporate daily mass into my regular schedule. So it wasn't like 
you know, pray a holy hour, you know, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like something Mm -hmm. major like that because I recognized there was a need in my heart and in my schedule. Where can I adjust and make room? I'm just trying to say, you know, if you feel like you're in a place where you have a lot of that desert and maybe you're at that point where you're like sick of Christmas music (laughs) and you're like, I'm kind of done with this. (laughs) And, you know, if you feel like you're in that desert place, then maybe just this could be a really great time right before Christmas. Just try and incorporate one thing, Mm -hmm. one spiritual practice or habit and just kind of see see where that takes you through Christmas and through the new year. That's great that you said that one thing too, Mary, because I think, again, I'm someone who I love to check off lists and, Mm -hmm. ooh, look, I did this, this and this. And um, I did, I was at a place a couple years ago that I was going to daily mass like four days a week. And, and that's just not my experience anymore that I go that often mm-hmm. and just being okay with like, that's okay. But I'm mm-hmm. still able to make the choice that I will still go to daily mass on these days or, um, you know, maybe it's confession. That's a big, mm-hmm. that's a big one for me. And my biggest tip, my mom taught it to me, confession and then ice cream. So you make it a fun oh, thing. But if you put right. that on your calendar... Maybe once this once during Advent, you want to embrace the joy by going to confession. And maybe if it's scary for you, you invite someone to go with you. Go get some ice cream after, and you know that could be a yeah. nice way to celebrate the season. I love that. I love being able to do just one thing. But I think sometimes I, I really appreciate what you said about not not wanting to check boxes, mm-hmm. right? I think a good thing to always evaluate if we're trying to do those things is take a look at what our habits are, right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be afraid to go back to our habits and be able to say, all right, how, like what kind of fruitfulness is going on with this, mm. right? And it goes back to the desert, right? Is is this thing that I'm doing stuck in the desert? Am I just doing this because, like am I just going to mass in order to check a box or am I really like reaping the benefits and getting the fruit from this? Or just simply like, I, I couldn't imagine my life without the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then it's no longer about checking a, a box, but rather it's as natural as breathing. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of circling back a little bit to Allison's point about um, about confession, I think even just like the experience of confession kind of really beautifully goes with what we're talking about of like you enter you're kind of feeling like you're in a desert and when you walk out you're filled with all this Mm -hmm. abundant grace like you were describing father like you're Mm -hmm. like i love that vision of the Mm -hmm. cactus that's that's really sticking clearly in my mind and um, i know at least for me i don't know about the two of you but like when i go into the confession line i'm like i might be reading the examination of conscious and i'm like okay let me you know like you were saying check the box Mm -hmm. okay yep i did that i did that no i didn't do that one no yeah i gotta write that one got to make sure I, <laughs> I tell the priest that but then when i walk out it's like you know i kind of can like mentally rip up that page oh, yes. or mm-hmm. um and you know it's just this this absolute freeing sense like you know weight has been lifted off of my shoulders and friends if you haven't been to confession in a while please know that it is absolutely okay for you to go we encourage you we invite you to go this advent season and i think this episode will definitely air in time for you to come if you're living in around burke um, then you are absolutely invited to our advent penance service which is december uh, 15th it's a thursday i believe it's from 6 30 to 8 o'clock we're gonna have 
uh, over a dozen priests here. So if you, you know, just maybe you're feeling a little uncomfortable, you're like, you know, I'm really good friends with Father Bresnahan. I'd really rather not go to him. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's perfectly fine. You can go I'm to the bishop. Softie. I don't <laughs> understand. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. And wouldn't, wouldn't you also say, Father, I think, unfortunately, I personally know some people who've had a very negative confession experience and they're afraid to go back mm-hmm. or they don't leave feeling great after mm-hmm. you know they can reach out to us at the parish office and ask to speak to a priest or you know speak to one of the staff because mm-hmm. if that's what's keeping you from coming mm-hmm. we want to be able to support you so that you can give it another chance sure mm-hmm. sure and i mean and and to be fair i mean again I, I don't know everybody's individual circumstances right but um confession itself i mean i'm not sure what a positive experience in confession is in the sense of like you know I don't, I'm not supposed to feel good about my sins, mm-hmm. right, if that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe a cathartic experience for sure, mm-hmm. like recognizing yeah. that like the, I, you know, I've done the thing that's very difficult. I've been vulnerable with God uh, and I've spoken the parts that I, I've struggled with. Um, and I think we go in very nervous and I, 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 don't, I don't know, you know, uh, I know that everybody, every priest has their sort of maybe bedside manner. But I think at the end of the day, the grace, the grace is larger than all of that. Mm, yeah, so definitely. you've had a situation where maybe you feel like the priest's bedside manner. I guess I always go back to like, you know, when a kid is fighting with their parents, it's always the same thing, right? Either the kid's right or the kid's wrong. But if the kid's wrong, then oftentimes they're like, yeah, but I, I didn't like the way you said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we have that moment. And, and it's just, I guess what I'm getting at, I, what I'm really trying to tie, tie the loop on is this, is that if, if people have had a very difficult experience with maybe the bedside manner of the priest, uh, not to not to think in the back of your mind that somehow like your sin is less forgiven or that Christ mm-hmm. isn't able to work even in that difficult situation mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah it may not feel great in that moment but yeah, it's not just the, like what you were saying yeah, before exactly it kind of ties everything all the way back to the beginning right mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of the key it's like um priests are not perfect people and it doesn't hinge on the priest to forgive your sin right Mm -hmm. like uh the priest has the authority to do it and that's the the way that the sacrament works but at the end of the day like it's not like the quality of the priest that means the quality of your confession if that makes some sense so i think that's that's a good a good (laughs) good reminder Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Uh, i only say that because if it was i feel just very bad for all the people (laughs) who have gone to me for confession but i feel good it's great but like you know, but well, Father's not perfect, so I no, no, that that nothing could be theologically farther from the truth, mm-hmm. right? Is that the priest, in so many ways, is an instrument of God's grace, and sometimes it feels like more of an instrument, but the grace is there nonetheless, and mm-hmm. God, God works, and God is a little bit bigger than God is a little bit bigger than the priest, so. Mm-hmm. So it's always a, a nice reminder that if you have had one of those difficult situations. Um, or like maybe it wasn't what you expected or something like that, then at the end of the day, it's really helpful to remember that God is the one doing the work. Mm-hmm. So yep. it also doesn't hinge matter. it also doesn't hinge on you. Mm. Right? Because the other trend that sometimes happens is people will put the burden of the quality of confession on themselves. Mm. If I didn't say every detail of the sin, believe me, Father doesn't want to hear the details. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't if if I don't tell Father every every excruciating detail, or if I didn't if I neglected something that I thought of later mm-hmm. that's right, you just forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on one level it doesn't hinge on the priest, but on the other level it doesn't hinge on the person either. Mm-hmm. Right. We These do our best. Reminders. Yeah, we yeah. do our 
our best and we turn towards him and, and we and we allow him to forgive our sins. And the result, this is this goes back to everything. The result of all of it is the beginning, just a small foretaste of the joy that God has in mm-hmm. store for us, right? Mm-hmm. Everything gears towards that idea of reconciling with God, turning back to him and preparing our heart which is also the theme of the third week of Advent, right? There's this theme in the gospel about preparing the way for the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making straight the highway for, for our God. So uh, a beautiful little reflection as we kind of head into, uh, as we head into kind of the meat of Christmas proper. Yeah, mm-hmm. the meat. I like that. Yeah. yeah, the third week definitely feels like like the meat of the Advent Season. Does doesn't it? Mm-hmm. There's a big transition. We've kind of gone from almost a very abstract. The Lord is coming in a very general <laughs> sense sometime in the future on a day you don't expect. To John the Baptist actually came and really did prepare <laughs> for the coming of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And then next week we're going to get to even something more proximate, right? Yeah. So, uh, so something definitely to look forward to. And uh, friends, if you're looking for like that one thing, maybe that like one thing to kind of introduce this Advent season is just to recognize how often John the Baptist is talked about in all in all these gospel mm-hmm. uh, messages. I just think it's it's I don't know funny is the right word, but I'm just like wow, this man is talked about a lot. <laughs> He's everywhere. He's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, so that means I don't know. Just it's kind almost of like talking about him sets the stage for someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any kind of final concluding, um, any concluding thoughts for this episode or? Yeah. I mean, I have one final thought. (laughs) I love the idea that joy is a central feature for this um, because joy, because the joy that God has for us in heaven is infinitely better Mm -hmm. than the joy that we experience on earth. And that works in both directions, right? It works when things are great um, to know that, all the great things that we experience here, that's just the appetizer of what God has in store for us, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so the joy that we experience here on this advent of the coming of the Lord is just a fraction of the joy that God actually has in store for us when we meet him face to face and we're with him forever in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. That joy is something that our brains and our minds can't even comprehend at this mm-hmm. point. But it also give us, gives us that encouragement even in those difficult times, in the suffering and in the struggle. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, that sometimes when things aren't going great, the temptation is, is to kind of think, well, then God doesn't love me or I'm far away from him or I need to, I need to do more or something like that. And then this joy reminds us that even the temporary sufferings that we experience here on earth, they're just a stepping stone to what God actually has in store for us in heaven. Mm-hmm. So the, it gives us that hope of something we're looking forward to. Absolutely. I love that. And Father, maybe next week, since we're running out of time for this week, maybe next week we can share um, about a saint who experienced that exact thing, what you're talking about, of uh, all that build up to, you know, yeah, all the build up and then. (laughs) Spoiler, not spoiler (laughs) alert. Preview. uh, Cliffhanger. There we go. Preview. All right. Tune in next week. Next week we'll we'll talk talk very practically about uh, a saint who experienced exactly what Father just mentioned because we're running out of time this week. But stay tuned for next week and that'll lead us uh, beautifully into the fourth week of Mm -hmm. Advent. All right. Well, until then, God bless you. Happy Happy Advent. Advent. Yeah. Happy Advent, everybody. Thank you.